0: She's like, I don't care if you get your degree in underwater basket weaving.
1: This is a podcast of stories where we will meet people we can learn from. People who will challenge us. People who will inspire us. People who will teach us the joy of living. People who will teach us how to truly live and experience life to the fullest. So join us on this journey where we will collectively learn to live through our stories.
2: Welcome back to Our Stories, everybody. I am completely captivated. Just to give you a little background in how this process works, it's really a group project. We're a very part-time staff, and... So Brent does a number of interviews and I do a number of interviews and we sort of have a library and I'm working through making sure that everybody's story is well presented. And it when it gets to you, we've done the best we can with stewarding their story. So I sat down this morning to start editing some podcasts and I started with this interview with Randa Branson, a student of Brent at um, UNCG. And oh my gosh, I am completely captivated. This is exactly why we started this podcast. I think you are going to love and connect to and laugh at and all all the emotions in the next 30 minutes. Um, Randa's story is incredible. And <laughs> Randa, I would really like to be your friend after listening to this. Holy moly, I... I'm just so excited for you all to hear this. So I hope you love it as much as I did. And here you go. This is Our Stories. Did you know we're on social media? That's right. You can stay up to date on all things Atra on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and even Pinterest. Give us a follow at Atra in action to stay in
1: the know. Seriously, you don't want to miss out on this. My name is Brent Wolf, and I have the pleasure of being your host for this podcast in our series called Our Stories. I serve as the Executive Director for the American Therapeutic Recreation Association, and I'm also an Associate Professor at the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Today, I'm actually joined by a student of mine here at UNCG, who I cannot wait for y'all to hear from. So with that said, Let me go ahead and introduce Randa Branson, a student in one of my classes. She's taking courses here in our Community and Therapeutic Recreation Department at UNCG. Um, Randa, can you go ahead and just introduce yourself to us? Tell us who you are.
0: So I'm Randa Branson. I have CP, um, several palsy. I rock climb. I am involved in several recreational sports. across the board. Um, I participate in uh, eSports as well. Um, I am involved in a lot of things. I stumbled upon CTR and I'm actually getting my master's in it, or at least that's the plan, um, after I graduate here. So I found that because of my disability um, and I want to help others with disabilities. So. I always want to give back to my community um, because they've given me a lot, um, and I've learned a lot.
1: Oh, that's awesome! That that's great. So, so let's let, let's delve into a little bit of uh, more about who you are, if we can, um, and then I want to certainly explore some of your recreation, your leisure opportunities, and, and talk a little bit about that esports thing too. So, but first. Um, Take us back to the beginning, I guess. When did you first realize, because obviously the CP diagnosis came earlier, but when did you first start to realize that you had cerebral palsy? What did, what did that mean to you? And what did that look like for you when you started to kind of realize that from the, from the beginning?
0: Probably at a very young age, I'd probably say two or three. Um, I stumbled a lot and I didn't walk very early in life. Um, So it was a situation where I couldn't keep up with my peers. I couldn't do the things that everybody else could do. I couldn't play what is considered able-bodied sports at a young age. Um, And I felt left behind a lot. So that's really when I knew I had CP um, plus all of the doctor's appointments that came with that.
1: I imagine there were a lot of doctor's appointments that did that, 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 that did come along with that. So talk to us a little bit. What was, what? and you have a better memory than I, so hopefully this won't be hard for you at all, but what was, what was elementary school like for you? You said that, you know, you were slower, you couldn't do some of the able-bodied sports. Um, you stumbled. What was, what was elementary school like for
0: you? It was tough. Um, I'm not going to lie. It was tough. Uh, I was bullied a lot growing up um, because of my disability. Um, I don't have a lot of uh, friends from elementary school um, growing up. I just didn't fit in. I was, I've was i always been the studious type, so reading books, um, studying. I was always studying. I'm still always studying something. And so I never really fit in with the typical mold of being like a kid. So I didn't really get into sports until much later. And so I didn't fit in uh, like everybody else.
1: And, and did that, how long did that continue for you uh, with, with not fitting in? Because I certainly wouldn't say that's the case now anymore. So kind of like, you know, how, how, how did that, what changed? How did that continue for you?
0: Probably up until high school, um, I, I got involved with um, my basketball team in high school and um, I managed for the basketball team. I got involved with hunting and fishing. Um, so I had a lot of outlets. Um, I weight lifted in high school. I participated in several clubs. Um, so I was very involved in high school. Um, and that's really where I found myself.
1: Hmm. How did you get involved with all of those things?
0: Teachers. Um, ah. my teachers were amazing. They, they still are. They're so helpful because I'm a first generation college student as well. So not only did they facilitate my existence in high school, they helped me get here, um, as a college student, um, And they still uh, keep in touch with me today.
1: Hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about what playing sports in high school, what that mean to you as you were going through high school?
0: It uh, gave me a sense of community, really. Um, It meant a lot to me because I had an outlet. So, you know, if – I had a bad day, which more often than not, high school was rough. So I would go and sit and do basketball after school, and it was great. You know, it was the one thing and the one reason I looked forward to school.
1: Hmm. Do you have any particularly, like, memorable experiences from basketball or from other sports that really stick out to you?
0: We went to the playoffs when I was a junior and when I was a senior. And one of the greatest memories I have is we um, played our last home game at my senior year. And we had like senior night, like where you go out on the court and they do like the, the, you're going to such and such university for, at the time I was pre-med, I was biology pre-med. And it was just a great experience and a great memory
1: hmm that's neat that's really neat um and you mentioned community with kind of the, the sports and, and what that brought to you what did that community look like for you because you it wasn't a wheelchair basketball team was it
0: no I was a manager for years. Okay. um so it was it was a lot of like assisting the team um getting the basketball doing the water helping with the bleachers you know whatever it might have been but they treated me like I was one of their own like they everybody because my coach wouldn't have it any other way my coach was a very stern human um so she she was like look you belong here this is how this is gonna be and that's how we cut it that that was just how it was
1: and how did the other, how did, how did the people on the team, the other folks on the team, how did they respond to that?
0: They were very kind. I mean, I've never, the people on the basketball team were always kind individuals. I went to a very small high school, so that's part of it. Um, or my graduating class was less than 100 people. Hmm. Um, so it was very small and very like community-based anyway. So like, it was more of a situation where everybody already knew everybody in some way shape or form Mm -hmm. whether we had classes together or otherwise um so it was like we're just adding another layer to the we have classes together now we have to work together because of the team
1: right yeah no, oh, that, that makes makes sense. So you mentioned two things that I want to kind of follow up on here related to the basketball and, and, and more than that as well. But you mentioned a your coach, basketball coach, a very stern human being. Um, and then you also mentioned kind of teachers and, and their role and their importance. How did the the role of adults like that really kind of help shape who you are and how you see yourself fitting in with those around you?
0: so the biggest thing is they taught me like to take time for myself because i don't most of the time i'm i'm not the type of person who rests um ever so it was a lot of like learning my own boundaries they helped me learn my own boundaries helped me learn you know okay this is how you function as a human being and stay well so it was a matter of you know this is what life looks like on a functional level. Um, So yeah, it was really my first exposure to adults who were, you know, had careers and college degrees.
1: Yeah. Yep. And so that led you then to to go to college. What were you thinking uh, as a first generation college student and Uh, a college student who's going to have CP, what were some of your thoughts about exploring the idea of going to college? Even
0: I was scared to death. Um, I was really, really scared. But one of my school teachers for the first three, two years, three years ish. So up until this past August, um, she moved me in every year. She took care of everything. Like she made sure everything was straight. And so I didn't have too many worries in that endeavor. However, this campus is very hilly. So like having to push a manual chair on this campus, when I first started, I couldn't do it. I wasn't strong enough. My shoulders weren't strong enough. Now I am, I can push anywhere on this campus. Um, but when I first started, it was like learning the shortcuts on this campus, um, like going through a building to get to a side door of another building. Um, instead of like taking the hills because the hills are horrible. Um, Yeah, so that was one of my biggest concerns. Another really big concern for me when I first moved in here was, what will my professors think? Because some professors are very, very lenient with their attendance policies, especially with a disability, and some are very stern. Um, It's black or white, or it's very gray. There's kind of no in between. Um, And now I've worked with my professors for so long that many of my professors understand like, hey, I have a disability, my knee pain may prevent me from coming to class, but I'll have your work, you know, it's not that big a deal.
1: It's important, I think, to have that kind of support, you know, whether it was the teacher who helped move you in, the professors who kind of can help understand uh, some of the, or at least empathize with some of the, the challenges that you might be experiencing. I think that support is is super important. Um, how about your, your parents? What's kind of their support and what do they think about all of this?
0: Um, my mom is a huge supporter. She She's just proud for me to go to college. She's like, I don't care if you get your degree in underwater basket weaving. Um, it's hilarious. My mom does not care. She's like, as long as you get a degree and it's on a piece of paper, you can go with whatever you want. Um, but yeah, she's very, very supportive. Um, she's been here the whole time and like my biggest cheerleader. Um, And it's kind of hilarious because like she owns more UNCG stuff than I do.
1: That's good. That support system is certainly, certainly vital. So um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, you talked about getting around campus and having to find shortcuts and how you're stronger now than when you started, um, you know, I I guess we haven't overtly talked about that you do use a wheelchair for for mobility. Talk to us a little bit about when did you start using the wheelchair? What's that experience been like, both kind of pre-college and then while you're here at college?
0: So I've used a wheelchair on and off throughout my life, but I started really using a wheelchair my junior and senior year in high school, and then continued into my freshman year in college, and now I'm a junior, so it's been five-ish years now. Um, I had some leg injuries that put me, uh, put me back a little bit, and then CP on top of that, and I just said, you know what, I have more energy in my manual chair, we're going to keep it this way. Um, So yeah, it can be difficult um, in a wheelchair at first, especially because it takes so much force to push a wheelchair, Um, but over time you get stronger, you hit the weight room, you hit the pool, you do the things you need to do to get stronger. And as I've mentioned, you know, I can now push the heels here. So it's not as big a deal as it was when I first started.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think that idea of getting stronger is a really, uh, a really interesting one. You know, you've gotten stronger physically, but it sounds like you've also gotten stronger kind of emotionally, mentally, um, is that true that you feel like you've kind of strengthened as a whole person over, over the course of your lifetime?
0: Yeah. Um, I've always kind of, the rule has been tough as nails, like get up and keep going, just get up and keep going. Like it's, I I never really had a choice. Um, I've always said that I've never really had a choice. So I, like, I have no choice, but to continue moving forward. Um, so, that's why I'm in like rock climbing and extreme sports. Cause I'm just like, eh, get up and keep going. It's just like my motto of like life. Right.
1: I, I love it. You know, just, just keep going. I think that's a, that's a great, great motto. So, so let's talk about some of these sports and things that you're involved in. You mentioned earlier, you talked about rock climbing. How did you get started with rock climbing?
0: So one of our professors here at UNCG, um, the head of the department, Dr. Schlein, uh, the head of the CTR department, mentioned that adaptive rock climbing was a thing and that they had it here at UNCG. So the first thing I did after I got out of the class that day was go down to Kaplan and be like, hey, this professor said this was a thing. And they're like, yeah, this is a thing. Let me give you the contact information for our director, our, our director of outdoor adventures. And so it became a thing. Um, and here we are two years later and I'm still climbing away.
1: That's awesome. What What is it that you enjoy so much about rock climbing?
0: It's the energy. It's like the energy in the gym. It's, it's just phenomenal. And like, once you get up there, it's a high, it's, it's like, it's a adrenaline rush that you can't really experience anywhere else.
1: Mm what kind of adaptive equipment do you use to uh to, to climb
0: it's a um five-point harness rigged on a pulley system um what they do is they take the pulley and they wrap the rope around the pulley several times so that it takes the tension off a little bit so i don't have to carry as much weight um throughout my body when i climb
1: Good. all right so you rock climb You mentioned hunting. How did you get into hunting and how do you hunt?
0: So um, hunting has always been a big family thing. Uh, Everything from squirrel to deer to bear to raccoons. Pretty much if it moves, we hunt it. Um, And so there's a couple of ways that I hunt. Um, One is my dog, uh, my hunting dog. And the other is um, a crossbow with adaptive equipment, which has a sipping puff on it that helps pull the crossbow, um, so that I don't have to use as much strength to do so.
1: Mm. So you mentioned it was a family thing, kind of. This is what this is what you did growing up. How did or did maybe not how did did your your diagnosis of CP kind of impact your ability to? do that from the very beginning or was always just like, this is what we do. You're going to participate. What was that like?
0: Okay. So a little bit of a backstory. Um, My uncle is a huge hunter. Um, So my uncle used to carry me through the woods when I was tiny, tiny, because I was tiny up to like the age of nine. Um, So he would just carry me through the woods with the dog. The dog would do whatever the dog did. And we would, Go be bopping down through the woods, and there we would be, you know, hunting squirrel or raccoon or whatever. And it just became a thing. And as I got older, um, we would let the dogs go, and I'd stay in the truck. Or we would put a harness on the dog, which is my preferred method. Is put a harness on the dog, um, and I'd walk, go get the dog, and then when I walk back, the harness will be on the dog, and I would just grab the harness
1: all right good and so you you were able to adapt find ways to to make that work out and and it sounds like your uncle was very instrumental in that
0: yes yes he he has we have two hunting dogs now and he keeps them while i'm in school um one is 15 and one is eight so i grew up with them and so it's been a huge part of my life for the majority of my life
1: wow that's that's interesting now do you have any uh Any success stories with hunting that you uh, that recently that you want to share?
0: Eh, Not recently. I haven't been long enough to do a recent story.
1: Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, Talk to me. You mentioned esports as well. Talk to me a little bit about esports and kind of how what you're what you're doing with esports.
0: So I play, you know, the traditional esports, NBA, um, Madden all of that. And I enjoy it. I'm not great at it, but I enjoy it. Um, and you can collect points, um, on your, depending on your system that you use, you can collect points, uh, for, uh, a gamers points and you can donate those points to charities. That's what I do.
1: I did not know that was a thing. That's really cool.
0: I recently found out about that, that you could actually donate your gamers points, um, And um, I did, this past month, donate my gamers points to St. Jude's. Um, So, yeah.
1: That's really neat. Okay, good. So, do you play in a league with eSports, or do you just – is that something you just do by yourself?
0: It's independently. I've never thought about doing a league. I could probably, but I've never thought about it that way. Um, I just – Buy my games and play them and collect the points on the system, like the achievements, mm-hmm. and then take the achievement points, cash them in, and send them to the charities of my choice.
1: Oh, that's really neat. That's great. So what is it? What do you think that playing sports, whether it's you know the 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 basketball when you were in high school, whether it's uh, weightlifting, climbing, esports, hunting. What is it that those experiences have, have, have given to you as a person?
0: It makes the world feel a little less lonely. Um, as I've mentioned, I don't have a lot of friends. I don't have a lot of community from where I grew up. Like, um, I don't have friends from elementary school that much. I did make friends in high school. I don't have that many friends in college. Um, I am a very tight-knit person, so I play video games, I go rock climbing, I do all these things, I fill my day with activities because I'm just like, I can't, I don't have as much connection to other people as I would like to, Um, so I get involved.
1: That involvement, that connects you with other people, is that kind of how that works for you?
0: Yeah, it, it does. It connects me with other people, and it helps with stress stress relief.
1: Any thoughts on kind of the next recreation activity or th- something you want to try that you haven't tried yet?
0: Kayaking. I want to try kayaking.
1: Okay. All right. That's a great one. I love kayaking, so certainly a uh, something that, that would have some opportunity for you.
0: I'm scared. I'm pretty scared. I've also never ridden a bicycle, so that's something I want to do. Um, I've tried it a few times, can't balance to do it, so I would love to try it.
1: You know, you've said a couple times, um, you know, I'm scared or it was scary or was a scary experience, yet you seem to every time go and do it anyway, right? What, what is it that leads to it's scary, but I'm going to go ahead and try and do it.
0: I just, I've been that way my entire life. Um, And in some ways it, it worries my mom (laughs) so bad. It worries my mom to death. But like, I have been that way since as long as I can remember, I am just like this fearless human. Cause like, I've had so many surgeries and so many injuries. I'm just like, eh, whatever. It is what it is.
1: Yeah, it, and when you can kind of adopt that uh, that mentality, things certainly they can look scary, but there's not that fear of not trying. I guess right. There's that. Uh, okay, I can go ahead and at least give it a shot.
0: Yeah, I would rather regret. I would rather regret not trying something and getting hurt than not ever doing it.
1: So one of the things with this podcast is that we like to try and focus on is the idea of things that, um, what, what makes life worth living, right? What are, what are things that help us live life to the fullest? And it sounds like you've been able to do a lot of things along those lines, but what is it that you think really allows you to live life to the fullest what is it allow, that allows you to really have a live a life worth meaning
0: honestly it's the idea that to make a better tomorrow so i want to make life better than i had it for other people that's part of the reason i'm a ctr minor that's why i want to get my master's in it that's why i'm so involved in the community um, that's why i rock climb and try all these things <clears throat> Because I want to see what I can do for other people in the future.
1: You've had some rough yesterdays, I guess, if I could use that phrasing, right? You've had some rough yesterdays. What are some of the most challenging experiences that you have gone through?
0: I've had a bunch of brain surgery. Um, you can't tell it because my hair has grown out. And normally you see me in a ball cap. Um But I have had a bunch of brain surgery, anywhere from 10 to 12 brain surgeries in my lifetime. Uh, A lot of them uh, occurred under the age of two. But when I was 12 or 13, we had to have a revision done. It was probably one of the scariest, scariest experiences of my life um, because I didn't know what was going on. I wasn't a hundred percent, um, even out of anesthesia, I still wasn't a hundred percent aware of what was going on. Um, I don't have a lot of memory of the occurrence. I remember it happening, but I don't have a lot of memory of, like, the aftermath, um, of it all a lot of my surgeries are really scary and like the once-in-a-lifetime surgeries that only happen to like a uh one percent of the population so most of my medical experiences are scary um i'm an asthmatic so i've been in and out of hospitals on um oxygen so coronavirus is kind of scary for me um all of these medical experiences are very scary. So like throwing my life into, you know, whatever, whether it be rock climbing or whatever, that doesn't scare me. But like whatever medical stuff goes wrong, just slightly scary.
1: Yeah, that's certainly certainly understandable for sure. I can see why, you know, Utah, it's a once in a lifetime, but for you, you've had multiple once in a lifetime types of surgeries Uh, that that other folks haven't had. Um, What, if I can ask, what has kind of uh, been the the reason, the need for the brain surgeries?
0: So I have congenital hydrocephalus and the treatment for congenital hydrocephalus is a ventricular peritoneal shunt. Um, What had happened was I was under the age of two. So I was one of the first people to do a VP shunt under the age of two. And what would happen would be the shunt would close itself off. Um, The soft spot would close itself off or it would get infected and they would have to do it again and again and again. They had to do it like seven times and that was just the first time. And then I was always having to be careful of like concussions. I've had like seven though. Um, Concussions or even just like the slightest bump on the head because of the shunt placement. And then I had it removed when I was 13. That's what the surgery was for. It had it had like wiggled itself loose. And so I had to have it removed. And I'm one of only like 3% of the world that can live without one.
1: Hmm. Wow. And Is there future surgeries that may have to come as a result of this? Or do you think things are pretty clear right now?
0: knock on some wood, (laughs) it's been, I'm 21, so I had that surgery when I was 13, it's been a good chunk of years, and I haven't had to have any done yet, Um, and hopefully I don't have to have any done, Uh, so I hope it stays this way, Um, I haven't had any issues since I was 13, Um, so hopefully it stays this way, Um, sure. Yeah, we'll,
1: I've we'll had knock on the wood with you.
0: I've had, Say again? Of, I've had a lot of surgeries on my legs, but that also is kind of out of the park for now. So we're just hoping that everything stays well.
1: Agreed. Absolutely agreed. So, you know, with some of these challenges, whether it be, you know, the the surgeries, whether it be um, kind of some, some of the fears or whether it be. Uh, challenges with with social relationships that kind of thing what keeps you going what do you do to try and get through some of those those more challenging moments that you have
0: I, I always try to keep a positive outlook um even on my worst days and then I try to remember you know there's always tomorrow you know people say well tomorrow never comes but yes there's always tomorrow um so I try to keep a positive outlook. I try to look forward to the future and do things that keep me happy. So even on my worst days, I do things that keep me happy, whether that be writing, reading, playing video games, or you know, participating in some physical activity, whether that be weightlifting or rock climbing.
1: That's, I just think that idea of keeping a positive attitude is such, such an important, important thing for everybody to, to try and remember um, all of the time. So um, going forward, you've mentioned wanting to go on for a master's degree. Uh, what's, the, what's the long-term plan? What do you want to try and do eventually?
0: So I want to work at a pediatric hospital. Um, in C- I want to be a recreational therapist at a pediatric hospital Um, probably in New York um, is where I want to settle. I love the city Um, but I want to come back and get my master's here at UNCG Um, if all the cards align this is what I'll do I want them to align I want to stay here and
1: then that allows you to kind of live the the motto that you have of being able to give back to people, right? So if you could get into a situation like that, you're certainly able to give back.
0: Yes, um, giving back. And because I had a lot of really great pediatric doctors growing up, and I want to continue to be a a good example for kids. Um mm-hmm because I know that having a disability or being in the hospital is really stressful, um, especially to the kids and to the parents. So being a resource to facilitate that um, would be a really meaningful future for me and for whoever I happen to impact.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I've just got uh, two more questions to try and uh, kind of round this, uh, round this conversation out. Um, First, how do you want to be remembered
0: that's a tough question (laughs) um i want to be remembered as someone who left a lasting legacy Um, i want to put a scholarship in my name i want to build a foundation i want to fight the good fight basically and you know help people i that at the end of the day i want to help people and want to be remembered as the person who mattered because I helped people. And the last question, what is it
1: that you would like for people to remember from this conversation we're having right now? Or another thing that you a way that you might think about that is what advice would you like to leave with people based off of kind of having a chance to have heard and learn from your story.
0: I have CP but CP doesn't have me um my diagnosis doesn't determine my life story um so yes I've had really really difficult periods in my life but I'm still going I'm still getting up every day I'm still tackling really hard challenges and really amazing feats so before you judge somebody in a wheelchair or with a disability Remember that their lives are more than you can see.
2: Oh, do you see what I mean? Gosh, I think that might have just been the breath of fresh air that I needed this morning. Randa's perspective and pursuit of wellness in a world that limits access to wellness for people with disabilities, I just... I'm so grateful to people for sharing their stories and especially for Randa. Randa, I hope that you are at Atrabama. <laughs> and if you have a story to share or you're feeling inspired, please reach out to us. You can email me at education at onlinecom I would love to hear from you. I hope you all have a, a wonderful week and we will be back here next week.